And I'm checking to see if it has the potential to reduce oxidation. Um, the main things that happen is happening to everybody, two things, oxidation and inflammation. And those two things are linked to every single health disease, right? So if we can reduce that, we can't necessarily slow down the aging, but if we can reduce it, that's fantastic. And so I want a water that doesn't age me, that doesn't take away the healthy electrons, that doesn't um, create more sickness and dis-ease in the body. I want something that has an antioxidant. These are your fruits, your vegetables, your vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E. Those things, because they're living, they have an electrical charge to them, right? And so, and they're full of antioxidants. So the water that I want to drink, need, well, I desire it to have that. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Abundance on Tap. This is the official podcast of the Appalachian Water Collective. I'm your co-host, Alex Corey. Ashley DeMarco is spending some quality time with her family today. We are in end of summer, early fall, peak glorious weather in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Western North Carolina, where we're based out of. And our guest today is someone very special that uh, Ashley has met in person. I've not had the pleasure to in Las Vegas during our our large water conferences that our company hosts. I will meet him probably next year in uh, Okinawa, Japan. This is Laprentis Demand. Laprentis is a wealth of knowledge in the water community. It's me and him usually answering questions all day about random things about water certification, all of the nitty gritty things of water that you don't ever really want to think about or have to consider or really want to learn when you're just thinking about being healthier. Laprentis and I, mostly Laprentis got that. So he is just the resource master, organized everything. Um, great for the plumbing aspect of things, things that no one really wants to think about when they think of water. So he takes away all of that unnecessary activation energy and tells and has plenty of videos about exactly what to look for, what we value when it comes to healthy water, when it comes to the specific tests that we do. Maybe your favorite brand is listed in this video. It's just comprehensive. And if you want a good place to start with water, this is a great overview. Enjoy this interview with Laprentis Demon. Could you give a little bit of background for, uh, you're in the service, right? Yep, I'm in the Air Force. Not uh, many people I find in the water world are also in the service, and I don't know why that is. So how did you, well, what brought you to the service, and then how did you find the water? These are very disconcerting things. Uh, <laughs> they are, Yeah, they are very different things, but they do uh, come up together. So um, ultimately, I joined the Air Force for numerous reasons, and this is like my Air Force story, right? Uh, so the first one is I wanted to get away from the rules of my sister and my brother-in-law. Um, I grew up, I lost my mom when I was seven. Um, and so they raised me and I just didn't like their rules. I didn't like the way I felt. I felt like an outsider all the time. And so I figured, you know what, if I just join the military, I don't have to follow any rules. I can go travel. And I, yeah, it was really smart thinking at the time, right? Um, so the second thing though, is that I definitely wanted to travel. Uh, I was in Southern California at the time and I wanted to see the ladies that were all in the area. I wanted, I wanted to visit Japan. I wanted to visit the Philippines. I wanted to see the world. Uh, and then the third thing is I was told that there was a Popeye's chicken on every Air Force base. So, <laughs> um, my recruiter lied to me. There is not a Popeye's. The base I'm at now, I'm in Northern California. There is no Popeye's there on the base. Like I have to drive off 
and go a far distance. Um, but yeah, that's how I joined the military <laughs> um, and almost didn't make it simply because um, at week five, it was a long time ago. So back then they, the train, the basic train was different, but at week five, they pulled me away to say, Hey, train Samson, um, we're going to send you back home. You have this thing known as sickle cell. Mm. And because of that, you can't, we can't have you in the military. Now I didn't know what that was. So I was, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I passed the test fine, the physical test. I passed the mental test. I did all these things about to go to warrior week. And they're telling me that I have to go back. Now, if they would told me this day one, I would have left. I, I would, there would not be, I would not be in the Air Force. But they told me this week four. So this is like, hey, you did all this work and you're telling me I'm stopping now? No, that's not happening. We're going to find a way. Um, so I ended up going to a train squadron where they kind of let people hang out in limbo until they're about to leave. Hmm. And then I got to talk to, I sent letters to my congressman and eventually I got to talk to medical and they said, Hey, we'll let you stay in. If you sign this waiver, hmm. this waiver says that if anything happens to you, actually the first thing it said was you're not allowed to do any high altitude activities. So I can't be a pilot. Can't jump through, um, can't jump out of a parachute, nothing high altitude. Um, the second thing was, if anything happens to you and it's related to your sickle cell, the military is not liable. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'll sign that because I never experienced anything. I was like, what are you talking about? Run fine. All that stuff is good. Um, so I signed the waiver, joined with a class I didn't even know, but I was just happy I graduated, right? Yeah. And I kind of forgot. After I graduated, I went to tech school, got to my first base, and I kind of forgot that I had the sickle cell thing. And I started doing what everybody else does, right? So I started partying, started drinking, um, and then different things were happening, right? So my skin was breaking out. Mm. It was peeling, cracking, and bleeding. So I would wear, like right now I don't wear it, right? <laughs> but, but I wear long sleeve everything. I always wear pants because... We're guys, we have egos. We don't go to a doctor for anything if something's yeah. wrong with us, right? Um, so yeah, I just did that for like all my 20s until my 30s. Um, 30s, I started slowing down a little bit. And pretty much I was like, man, I need to get in shape again. Oh yeah, I have the sickle cell. I forgot all about that. I need to start drinking good water. So I started with a Brita filter. Um mm. And then ended up from there going to Crystal Geyser because I heard that was all natural. It was all good for you. Um, and by that time, I'm working out again. I'm doing 5Ks every other day um, and drinking a gallon of Crystal Geyser. Like my guys would tell you that I'm coming in to work and I'm just chugging this Crystal Geyser. Um, and in November of 2020, I believe, Yep. Around November of 2000, around 2019 of November, I ended up getting plantar fasciitis. Mm, I've had that. Yep. So for those, of you, for those of you who don't know, that's inflammation in your feet. And I was like, all right, what's going on? I went to a doctor, on the military doctor on base, and he was like, hey, uh, yep, you have plantar fasciitis. It's going to be three months before you get inserts. Because we we don't have any here. We had to get them custom made. There's a backlog. And I was like, so you're telling me I can't work out. I can't run. I can't do the things I've gotten comfortable with for three months. 
He's like, yep. And the average military person, they pride themselves on being on a profile. Because that means they don't have to work out. They can kick back. They eat donuts all the time. That's not me. Like, I just started getting my life in order. And so I wanted to be able to run. It felt good being able to run a 5K with no issues. And now you're telling me I got um, plantar fasciitis. So from there, I just go on social media. And there's friends I'm chatting with who are doing all kinds of things, right? Um, and then I just run across someone. And they said, hey, have you ever considered the quality of the water that you're drinking? what have you ever considered the quality of the water that you're drinking and i'm like what are you talking about i got my crystal geyser right here i have like a little bit and i share that like i'm drinking a gallon of crystal geyser i know i'm drinking the good stuff and as i finish it off i notice my mouth is still dry mm. and i'm like all right you know what let me see what this is about <laughs> um so he sends me a presentation uh, a good friend of mine known as david sends me this presentation i'm like all right you know what this sounds like something I need. Let me go ahead and try it. And then um, I'll let you know if, if I want to get it, right? He's like, well, yeah, come on over. I'm like, where are you at? He tells me he's in Texas. And I'm in Northern California. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I don't know how this is going to work, right? So I actually, I do a search, trying to find out in the area who has this water. And luckily, um, after a week, there's a lady who says, hey, I have this water. You could try it out. And I had to let her know that, hey, I'm not a creep. <laughs> I'm just a guy yeah. who wants to try this water, right? Um, and she is three hours away, and she decides to want to meet up at a Starbucks. So we meet at the halfway point, and we meet at the Starbucks. And she tells me to bring my water. So at the time, I was drinking Nestle Pure Life. Actually, I think that was – I had my crystal geyser, but my girlfriend was drinking Nestle Pure Life, so I brought them both. Um, drove an hour and a half, met at the Starbucks, and she gave me the presentation. Yeah. Right. So she tests the water, and I'm like excited. And I'm showing pictures to my girlfriend saying, Look, our water is acidic. This stuff is horrible for us. <laughs> um, and so I got to see the magic. I was blown away. And then last but not least, she blessed me with nine gallons of water. Um, three of the 8.5, wow. three of the nine. And then three of the 9.5. <laughs> um, I took that back home. I don't know which one I went to first. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did the 9.5 first. Yeah, I think of course so. you did. <laughs> um, and uh, a couple of things started to happen. Uh, after about uh, probably uh, things like four days, my skin stopped bleeding. Because remember, my skin was peeling, cracking, and bleeding. So that was happening. And then after about a week, the symptoms of my plantar fasciitis went away. Um, and I didn't change anything to my diet, but the water I was drinking. Um, and if you're curious on my diet, it's chicken and vegetables. That's yeah. easy. And then on the weekends, I would eat whatever, right? But Monday through Friday, I was chicken and vegetables. And then once that happened, I was like, crap, I got to get this. And I want to share it with everybody. Um, at that time, I also made rank. Found out that there was a business behind it. I'm like, all right, now I started seeing the vision of how I was going to do this. Um, that's ultimately how I stumbled across that and joined the Air Force. <laughs> wow. Four days is, in, is so fast. And I think it's mostly the people with those extreme conditions where there's some semi almost debilitating, but like in your face, massive inflammatory condition, right? Plantar fasciitis, if, if people, hopefully no one has to experience that, 
But on the extreme point, it feels like someone's just shoving a dagger into your heel. Like I ran high school cross country or cross country for eight years. And the last two years of it were basically just dagger and heel. It's miserable. Like it makes walking and running awful and just sucks the joy out of it. And then it straight up stopped your bleeding. Yeah. Like my skin started to heal itself. Wow. Okay. So like my skin would, it was from the chlorine in our shower. Like yeah. at least the chlorine, that's it, the part that I know. Because when I ran the water in my apartments, the smell of the chlorine was so strong. It was literally burning my skin. Um, and then just switching water. And then I found out about the showering unit. I was like, oh my gosh, I got, I definitely got to get this. Yeah. Um, yeah. My skin stopped bleeding. Um, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a dramatic change. So yeah. did that improve? What else improved other than the physical symptoms? Like, did your perspective change after that? Or did anything else shift after like, okay, wait a minute. This was from water. Like what the, <laughs> like, did anything else start moving in your mind? <laughs> um, I was blown away for the most part, as far as what was going on in my mind. I think, I feel like I had clearer thinking. Yeah. Um, but other physical things started happening the more, once I actually got the device, um, one of the things in Northern California is a lot of people have allergies up here, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my allergies were gone. Um, my, I was able to pretty much, I'm able to see my abs a bit more, right. Cause I started losing a little bit of that stubborn fat that we have challenges getting rid of. Yeah. Um, and then I really started looking more into, into what I eat and I started changing up some of those things too. I uh, noticed that dairy wasn't the best for me. So mm-hmm. um, got away from the milk and I, which was actually a good thing because I was using chocolate milk as a post-recovery. Yep. Um, so once this water started doing trick, I was like, oh, I don't need the milk anymore. Um, so that was the only reason why I was drinking. I can't remember the brand anymore. It's I want to say it's um it's not like a rich generic chocolate milk. It's like a Fairlife. That was the name yeah. of the milk. Yeah. Um, so that was the only reason why I was drinking it was to recover from my workouts, from my runs and all that stuff. But once I got this water in me and that lactic acid dissipated, I didn't need the chocolate milk anymore. Um, how long until you, f- you felt that? Like how, so you, that was still on the borrowed water that was on the gifted water. Or no, that was no, 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 I went through the nine gallons and then I was like, all right, I gotta get this. Um, Word. yeah. So the nine gallons, the main things I noticed was that my skin stopped bleeding and then that my plant fasciitis was gone. And I had to wait to get the machine. So I would drive because there was a place that had the water to buy, like to, yeah. to buy like um almost like a, like a subscription service. Yeah, yeah, a fill up place. So I would literally go there and I made drives to constantly get water until I was able to get my machine. Yeah, dedicated. I mean, if you have dramatic improvements <laughs> in your quality of life, I mean, that's a lot like going to the pharmacy to get something that is a painkiller, except it's actually helping you recover with no side effects. So I would drive too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was hooked. <laughs> I need the fix, right? What did you notice for recovery from your workouts after you started consistently having the hydrogen rich water? Uh, so for me, the main thing I just noticed was that I don't, yes, I could still stretch, but the lactic acid, like that burning sensation wasn't there the next day. Um, so that's a part that I really enjoy because it lets me, like having airmen, like I'm not, I've been in the military now 21 years. 
Wow. Uh, when I got it, I was around the 18 mark, 18, 19 years, but I'm, I have more energy than my airmen. So like I'm kicking their butt and kickball. They're like, how's he have that energy? And once I start sharing the water, they're like, it's that water he's on. It's that water. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's like cheating. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's indispensable for gyms in general, or just the people who notice it the most are the people who are active because it just makes your metabolism more efficient, which makes your recovery faster, which gives you a little more cleaner, stable energy. So if you're active in general, A, it has the dramatic effects that you listed first of helping your body heal itself quickly. So it brings you back to baseline. And then if you keep doing it, then you just notice the improvements, right? Not just the back to like a normal fundamental before you're no longer in the like disease or ailment stage if it brings you back to zero to baseline then you start seeing all the like enormous positive benefits right exactly mm -hmm. wow okay i didn't know any of that that's powerful i haven't heard a story quite as quick and as drastic as that we've heard some stories of uh, a lot of cancer which is pretty powerful but something as visceral as like my skin is bleeding like that is so impactful <laughs> wow okay um and so what did you think whenever you found the business like what was the progression towards okay this is pretty powerful information to to help the body heal how did you then find the, the business behind it uh well i first got the device because I, I wanted to get it yeah. so i got the Kong and eight, then I got the Anespa. Um, and then so David was really, he's like, you gotta do the business, you gotta do the business. But I didn't start right away with the business. And the reason why is just simply because I wanted to learn more about the device. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I knew how it worked. I want to make sure I understood it. Because if I'm going to actually share this, and I want to make sure it wasn't just a placebo effect. Right. I wanted other people to experience this. And I was more for me at the time, I was really hooked more on people getting this to improve their health. I wasn't necessarily worried about trying to make a ton of money yeah. um, or any of that kind of stuff. So my focus for the first year or two was knowing what I have, like the potential of what I have here and being able to serve people um, and get them water. So as that continued, different things started to happen that made me consider the business. So um, for one, I was constantly giving out water. Like I love giving out water and love helping people. And I got a ton of stories from that. Oh yeah. Um, and one of the things that ended up happening though, was I didn't have any personal time right yeah. after work. And actually during work while in the military, people are texting me like, Hey, um, let's set up a time so we can do a water swap or Hey, swing by so you can show me a demo. So I didn't have any time. Right. <laughs> I had no time. Uh, and so right after work, I was driving around, driving up and down, sometimes four hours. I've driven four to wow. six hours to do a water demo to show people stuff. Um, and it ends up being, I was like, man, I am running ragged. I think I understand what they mean by the business now. Right. <laughs> Trading your time for money and yeah. all that stuff. So I, I essentially had a second job. I mean, I loved it, but it was, it was driving me crazy. That's a lot of value. That was just flowing out of you yeah probably with not a ton of not an equal amount of reciprocation wasn't probably coming back to you in that same quantity yeah you start understanding why 
why there is the business behind it whenever you're just pumping out so much value. And I mean, the core of it really is just helping people. Like if you see such a dramatic improvement in any aspect of your life, literally just by changing water, right? No one had to like, this isn't a cocktail series of um, even vitamins or something. It's just by changing your water. Molecular hydrogen is the most powerful antioxidant I I still know of other than there's some interesting like bioelectric photon therapy that are that's close for the mitochondrial stuff for the metabolism and the recovery but mm-hmm. without having to change anything habit lifestyle about your life just by changing your water it's pretty overwhelming the effects it has on most people yeah yeah so what ended up happening um a couple of other things uh that kind of pushed me towards the business i for in the beginning i had a fear yeah. that's another thing that stopped me from being oh, yeah. military I wasn't, you're not, it's taboo to sell a business to your airmen beneath you, right? So that was a challenge. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I could do this business, right? But the other thing was I had a fear of what if the business fails? What if I do this right? And Or what if I don't do things right? And this, and this fear kind of consumes people. Um, before they even get started, they're yeah. consumed by this fear, this fear of failing, right? But over time, once again, over time of sharing the water and all that type of stuff, the confidence grew and people were naturally asking me, they're like, Hey, is there a business to this? And I'm like, Oh, I got to talk about the business part. Right. And I didn't know much about it. And so I would have to refer to other people. But the other thing that happened was I was forced to have to learn how to, to share without doing, without giving water. Right. So I ended up getting tasked to deploy. And what, at the time where I was helping at least four to five people a month, I was, I had to stop all of that because I had to literally go deploy. So the question comes up, how do you find a way to serve people? One, without them trying a product and two, while you're a long distance or like anywhere around the globe. Right. Um, so I had to learn, <laughs> I got, I learned how to take my demonstration, turn it online yep. and I learned how to create a little bit of a funnel. So that way, even while I was deployed, which is, which blew me away. I had people who believed in me, trusted me and what I was doing, my passion, and then they were buying the water machine. So that showed me that, yes, it can be done. Yes, I can do the business. Yes, I don't have to go around giving water all the time. I love doing that part, but if I'm busy because I'm I'm tied away or whether I'm deployed or what, I could serve people without physically having to go do it all the time. So that opened up my eyes and that helped me. Um, yeah, that broke a lot of the fear and barriers I had. Wow. Yeah. What was the, was there a progression that you noticed with sort of like step one, step two, what were the incremental jumps in? Like I had a lot of imposter syndrome when I first started because yeah, I didn't know I'm the same type of, I have very engineering brain. So I need to know exactly like how things work so that I can describe them when people ask. So my only way of having my, my fear center calm down is just by repetition. Basically it was there like a natural progression that you noticed for, for those itchy parts of your, your mind to calm down. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I would say in the very beginning was me just learning the product for itself. So I watched a lot of videos from a lot of other people who have 
shared the product and knew all everything about the product. So I had to learn that. Um, and then that one I had, was working with um, David, he ended up stopping. Like he stopped the yeah. business, started to go do something completely different, solar. And so I was kind of on my own. Um, and so I would meet up with other people who have been doing this for a while and learn from them. I was constantly in circles and just learning from other people who were doing the health side and trying to learn how that worked first. Right. Um, and then the first step for me was just giving water to other people yeah. and finding those presentations that others were doing. So I was like, Hey, check out this water. Um, and then when people would ask questions, at first, I would tell them what it was, and then it would get me in trouble. They would like immediately go on Google. They were like, oh, no, nope, this is a scam. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Right? <laughs> um, despite what they were feeling, they would still do that. So I had to switch it up, and I had to look at the person and what challenges they were going through, right? So it wasn't just me necessarily just pushing water on them. It was me learning how to solve a problem. Yeah. Uh, from there... I want to say I learned how to, I found someone who taught how to do a proper demonstration. Um, and I ended up, once I saw how one person did it, I actually researched and I found out how 20 other people did it. And I did that to make sure that I can teach someone this in a way that I understand. Yeah. Right. So I found someone who taught it very scientifically. I saw someone who did it like literally like just at, on a train or a subway, right? So I saw all these different variations. I took the bits and parts, bits and pieces that match how I wanted to present. And then I started doing that for people. Um, so after giving the water, I invite people to my place. They would see the presentation and they'd be blown away. My presentations were um, probably three hours long, two to three hours long. Wow. It doesn't feel that way. Right. <laughs> but... Um, the first few times I did it myself, like I did everything, but then I'd learned this trick is to have them do the presentation. Yeah. So they come by, I have them bring their water. I have them bring extra little things to entice commitment. Right. Um, and then they, I would give them the tools to test the water so they could see that their water is not good. If it's, I've discovered that if it's me telling them, they don't believe it. Right. But if they believe it, if they do it themselves and they're telling themselves that, then it's the truth. So my goal, I know the presentation, let's get them to do it, right? Um, and then the way that demonstration, just to back up a little bit, I practiced online. Mm. So I had a Facebook page, just my name. I had no one on it. And I practiced. I set up the camera. I practiced doing it. And I'll watch how I did it. And then constantly improve. And I would do a different water every day. Um, and then once I was ready, I turned up, I started inviting people. <laughs> so people started watching online. And by then I felt confident. I felt comfortable from the in-persons and the online ones. Uh, and then from there, I felt like I kept talking to the same people on Facebook. Yeah. So I need to get a new audience, right? Or how do I get people who are fresh eyes every day? So I started sharing on YouTube. And then I was like, all right, cool. So then I had a formula, I had a strategy. Um, and then from there, that built the confidence to, for me to want to help others learn how to do the same. Yeah. So if that was, if there was a formula, I would say that is it. Um, 
I made it sound easy, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> what are the main things, just to give people some level of of clarity with what are we looking at? What are you examining and what are you showing in the presentations? Like, are we doing um, contaminant level? Are we doing like, what aspects of water do you look at? Do you care about? Uh, So now what I do now is very different than what I did back then. (laughs) Um, So for one, I got to know the person and why they're drinking water or if they're, even if they're drinking water. Right. Right. Um, So if they're drinking bottled water, I'm curious on why they chose that water. How long they've been drinking it? Have they considered anything else? Right. Um, and then if they are not an athlete, if there's someone who has this personality of care, right? So they're normally, when you ask them what they're passionate about, they say, oh my gosh, I, I care about Susie. Um, Susie um, has been going through all these challenges and stuff. Then the approach I take is around a care aspect. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know you care about these people and you want to be able to help them out more. So I'm just curious, have you ever considered the wire that you're drinking as a way of being able to be more available to provide more care for that person or that situation or that event, right? So that's how I used to do it before. What I do now is different because I know about two components. One is filtration and one is ionization. So I need to know where they sit first. If they already have a filter, um, I'm curious on what they have, uh, what kind of filter they have and what made them choose it, right? I gotta know their why. Um, So based on that, what kind of filter they have, I want to show them what their filter can do. Despite what they may believe, I want to show them, right? So um, for me, the very first step is I see what kind of water they're on, right? So if they're on bottled, uh, I normally have a demo of the bottled water that they're on, right? Yeah. Um, Next step is to see what they want to do about it. If they want to see a presentation, I'll show them that. Uh, But the next step is to get them at least on filtered water, right? So in order to get them on that filtered water, the first thing is you need to know what's in your water now. You need to know what's in your tap water now because that's already causing you harm. And you may not, you're like, oh, I don't drink tap water. I don't drink that at all. I drink bottled. Well, what do you bathe in? Do you, when you make soups and noodles, are you doing Dasani noodles, Dasani soup? Are you doing Nestle, Nestle noodles? I'm pretty sure you're not. I'm pretty sure you're using tap water, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I show people ewg.org forward slash tap water. Um, I have them look in the database and see what's in their water. Something I highly recommend everyone do because we're, we're t- consuming that water even when we're in the shower. Right. So I show them that. And then based on their filter that they have, if they have a filter already, I say, all right, cool. Let's see what it removes. Um, and it's not exactly what's on that filter company's website. Right. Right. So any filter company can put on their website, hey, here's all the stuff we remove. We remove 99% of everything. I want to make sure that it's tested by a third party. Right. Because I want a third party that can be trusted, that has nothing to do with trying to make a profit from that filter company, right? So what I do is I send them, once I have them do this, and I have them go to NSF website and see what their filter removes. And you can look it up by the company. And guess what? If your company's not there, they aren't removing it. (laughs) They aren't truly NSF certified to remove it. So I ensure that my clients get a filter that's NSF certified that's that 
That's the leader in certification that all these filter companies pride themselves on. And that is not coming from a website, uh, just from the website lab tests, because other companies will do third-party testing. And I can't trust that. In fact, when you look at it, if you actually look at the test that they did, normally it's with a distilled water and they normally do like 10 gallons, yep. five gallons. And your filter is supposed to last 30 or 40. They don't even test the whole thing. And they're like, oh yeah, we tested for two gallons and yeah, 99% everything gone. Right. Now, you want a certification from a filter company that is going to test it to its breaking point. Right. And then back it off for your safety. And that's what NSF does. Right. So from there, people are like, all right, cool. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. We, so take, we like taking the trust out of it. That's how I like to talk to people. It's like, if you don't know who to trust, right, there's 23,000 plus filtration companies in the US. And if you don't, most people don't want to have to trust someone. It's just remove their trust entirely. Water is something where you can just have it tested. Like we have all of these consumer sent in samples, the largest database that exists, which talking about. So if anyone wants to look up their, what they are currently using for a filter, like you mentioned, it's nsf.org. And in the top right, you'll see a um, search product database button. Just type in the exact name, less can be more here of the company. Like sometimes the company is listed differently than you think the, the product is. Like Brita wouldn't be like the full company name is something weird. So just mm -hmm. type Brita and it'll pop up. And then you can see the specific product and the only things they're allowed to claim, right? Like you said, there's going to be a mat. Sometimes there's a huge discrepancy in what they claim with all those 99.99%, which they're mm -hmm. just throwing up there. And mm -hmm. then NSF will be like, no, we tested that at like 70%. And that tapped out at 20 gallons, right? You can see exactly what it was tested for. And it's kind of disheartening because you learn that most companies just are not all that forthcoming <laughs> with what their tests are. Exactly. There's a company right now, oh my gosh, where you just drop a pod into the water and they say that it magnetically pulls everything to the pod and that removes stuff. And when you actually look at the NSF, they're like, yeah, we're NSF certified. We remove all this stuff. But when you look at their NSF, the NSF says that the materials in the yeah. in the pod meets NSF standards. So I was like, what does that mean? So I emailed, you can email NSF, <laughs> NSF as well and say, hey, uh, I noticed that you guys put this as the answer. What does that mean? And what they said was, that means that this material does not leach anything into the water, right. but is not certified to actually remove anything. Yeah. That's the other side of it, right? Is people will say NSF certified because they know that smart consumers are looking for that. And then you'll go be like, okay, exactly what NSF? And they'll be like, the numbers that they list are like for products or for material certification. Like this is good manufactured quality material that's not degrading or leaching, has nothing to do with what it's removing from the water. It's so annoying to have to go, like when people are just looking and getting blasted with marketing all the time, when you start looking for water stuff, it can be so frustrating because I get these ads every day now, especially since when I get blasted with all the new water companies and I will just be like, what NSF standards you guys have? And they'll be like, this one. And be like, no, you don't. I just checked. And they're like, and then they won't respond. <laughs> so they <laughs> yeah. know they just don't bother because almost no one will probably check them on it. Right. It's kind I of like, a, yeah. I post it in the chat. So when they do their ad, 
I'm like, hey, y'all, just to let y'all know this is not NSF certified. And I was like, here, look, you can look it up yourself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to debate with that. There's no, there's no back and forth. It's you either are or you aren't. That's why we like the third party. Yeah. And they do have to pay for that. But if you're a national water filtration company, it's not prohibitively expensive, especially if you're claiming it. It's not going to break your business. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. What do you see as the major, the like biggest concerns for health for people in regards to filtration? Man, um, a lot of people are the biggest concerns. A lot of people have concerns about what's in their water. So they're mainly, they're stuck on fluoride. A lot of people are stuck on yeah. fluoride, um, which a lot of people don't know there's actually good fluoride. There is bad fluoride um, that can be added to water, but there's actually natural forms of fluoride. So um, showing people what's actually in their tap water, because they just assume fluoride's automatically in there. A lot of times people don't have that in there, right? Um, the other, probably the big thing is just cancer causing agents that, um, people weren't tracking, but they've heard something. And then once we show them what's in their water, like, oh my gosh. And then they bring some story about how, uh, family, rel family, relative, someone, um, end up having something. And then this kind of puts them in a shock and kind of gets them to really take action like immediately, um, which is good that we're catching it now i just yeah. wish we you know, we could have caught it sooner um those are the main things um a lot of times some people i get and they're they tell me their water is brown that comes out of their tap mm. uh, but besides i would say those are probably the big the big things when you see something like if you're if anyone wants to go look at their tap water report ewg.org slash tap water put in your zip code there are some numbers on there that are obnoxiously high there's some like close to a thousand x there was one in San i think it was san diego i looked up just for giggles and it was just straight uranium you're, you're like what was it 97 x the allowable limit of uranium and the nice part that ewg does that the epa doesn't epa has their own standards for what level of contaminant will make you sick which are usually way too high like the the allowable limit so ewg is yeah. like Okay, these are all very carcinogenic and they just like knock the allowable limit down to a little more reasonable. Like you really don't want to constantly be poisoning yourself with uranium or in Asheville where I am, we have uh, uh, radium in the water and there's a movie about it, Radium Girls, right? So all of those are extremely toxic and that's not even a poison introduced in the water. That's just coming off the rocks here. So it's the kind of the appeal to nature thing is we have a lot of spring water drinkers here in Western North Carolina, and I would love for the springs to be clean. But if you know there's radium in it, that's not help. Even if it's natural, it's not helpful. Like it's still, still, it's still radioactive. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a, there's plenty of people that I've tested. We have that love our natural springs up North and mm -hmm. I've done the, the tests and showed them like, Hey, this, so water is actually worse than your tap water somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and it surprised people. Um, PFAS is mm. and is taking a huge leap right now. Yeah. Like is a lot of awareness is coming up from that just because it's that forever chemical that we weren't really tracking, but we use in everything. Yeah. And it's slowly creating a lot of damage in the body. And then the other one is microplastics. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are are curious about that as well. And then they see that our our filtration removes those things, which they absolutely love. And that's a big jump for, I mean, I, I stopped doing 
plastic bottle water a while ago, but it, I can still see the life of frustration. And if you, you know, you find out tap water is bad and you're like, okay, cool. I'll just buy a bottle of water. And you're buying like Nestle Pure Life or just anything in like a crunchy single use plastic. And you're not thinking about the container, but you know, if you see that outside a gas station in the sun or just in a warehouse under UV lights, like plastic doesn't last that long and water is a great solvent. So like plastic, regardless of what it is, like the hard BPA free stuff will not degrade as quickly, but water will pull leach almost everything other than glass and stainless steel or just metal in general. But that's concerning. And microplastic they found in, I think it was like 93% of bottled water around the world, just everything leaches. So it's, I always have my obnoxiously blue bottle with me. So I'm, I'm like stainless steel hydroflask type thing, just as good. Uh, it depends how nerdy you want to be, but yeah, PFAAs, forever chemicals. I have a hard time with the pesticides and herbicides because I am in the farming business as well. And I have a lot of people in Texas and that's where atrazine was first dumped and discovered. And all of the pesticides and herbicides, most of the compounds that we run into are endocrine disruptors. So they mess with your hormones because they they're close enough chemically where they plug into receptors or they will uh, just change the forms of your natural hormones. So people's energy levels and reproductive systems are just going all, like male fertility is has been plummeting for 10 years, 10 plus years. So doesn't look good. And a lot of that is just everything is an endocrine disruptor, microplastic, PFAAs, pesticides, herbicides. Hormones are very touchy things and they run your body. So it, those are the signals, right? So yeah, I appreciate you bringing up PFAS. And those are just Teflon. If anyone's using, that's an easy one to get rid of. If you have a Teflon pan, if you love your nonstick pan, you can just do like a ceramic pan. There's other techs that are non-sticky, <laughs> not as sticky that aren't Teflon byproducts. And DuPont is here in North Carolina. They were one of the ones that invented C8 and PFAs. They just wow. dump it. They're allowed to legally because they won a court battle and it was on the specific contaminant of C8 and they still dump it in the rivers in North Carolina. So downstream before it hits the ocean in Wilmington, North Carolina, we're uh, starting a partner um, water co-op, Wilmington water co-op. We have someone spearheading it there because the Wilmington water shed is awful. Like we did a festival there and we pulled the water port and it was like a thousand X some things. Yeah. East coast is rough. Like we were in Sarasota, Florida and it was 997 X arsenic art. Like everyone knows arsenic. It's not even a weird new one. There's movies <laughs> yeah. about it. Arsenic and old lace, like it's straight up poison, but it's everyone thankfully for the most part knew but they were doing bottle water and you're like your bottle water is just someone else's tap water run through a basic filter like there's no nsf certifications on the bottle water <laughs> no they're that they don't have time there's too many of them popping up like right on my youtube channel people are constantly hey can you test this water you, like i don't have i personally don't have the time to test yeah. every water because right. there's so many of them coming up because it's not really regulated as long yeah. as it's at the same level right as tap water then they aren't asking any questions. They don't really jump in until people get sick. Yeah. And a lot of people get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's wild. Um, and then the other thing about what bottled water is, is standardized. So yeah. one of the things is they, they standardize the process. So they heat the water and I'm trying to think of the word right now. I'm drawing a blank. Um, but they, huh? Sterilize. Sterilize. Yeah. they sterilize all the water to be the same. When they put it in there hot, 
and you're worried about if your water's been out in the sun, it's already done that. Right. It's already, it's been sitting in the plastic the whole time. The moment they sterilize the water, because they got to remove the, the rocks and everything from it, right? Yeah. They sterilize it to make it, um, to make it all taste the same. They dump it right into the bottle and then they close the cap. So the water's already hot. It's already um, being Oxidized. that scavenger. It's already taking up the plastic. So, I mean, I guess you can keep it out of the sun so it doesn't have extra, extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's already so happening. Whenever you do your tests, what are you testing? Like whenever you test the bottle, a brand of water, what are you testing for on your video? Uh, yeah, so I am testing for three things. The first one I'm testing for is antioxidant potential, right? So um, with this, I'm using an ORP meter. The one I prefer is, so there's two versions. There's Milwaukee and then there is Pinpoint, yeah. right? So those are two the two major brands. There's a ton of other ones that are out there, but um, I stick with Pinpoint. And I'm checking to see if it has the potential to reduce oxidation. Um, the main things that happen is happening to everybody, two things, oxidation and inflammation. And those two things are linked to every single health disease, right? So if we can reduce that, we can't necessarily slow down the aging, but if we can reduce it, that's fantastic. And so I want a water that doesn't age me, that doesn't take away the healthy electrons, that doesn't um, create more sickness and dis-ease in the body. I want something that has an antioxidant. These are your fruits, your vegetables, your vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E. Those things, because they're living, they have an electrical charge to them, right? And so, and they're full of antioxidants. So the water that I want to drink, need, I desire it to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, for if anyone wants to think about oxidation, uh, just cut an apple in half or an avocado in half and leave it out in the air. That is oxidation in a nutshell. It's oxygen ripping electrons off things. And there are other oxidative things that act like that, that just pull up their big hungry atoms and they pull electrons off, but it is basically corrupting the natural form of something and literally just causing decay, right? Think rust. So that happens cellularly whenever we drink anything that's oxidizing. So that's positive ORP, like, like we just mentioned, anything that is above zero on the ORP scale is likely or has the potential to oxidize you. And that's almost all, actually, that is all bottled water that I've ever tested. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, we kind of talked about the the car rusting, all that type of stuff. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. So the second thing I test for is alkalinity. Yeah. <clears throat> we know that sickness has a tough time of surviving in the alkaline environment. And for me, it's not necessarily... A lot of people say, oh, your stomach has to be acidic. Well, hold on. <laughs> All right. So a couple of things. One, we're not talking about this, the alkalinity of your whole body. We're really working on your blood. Okay. Your blood must maintain that 7.365. And it's going to do that. The challenge though is, is it going to be taking it from the alkaline um, products you're consuming? Or is it going to start taking it from you? Is it going to start taking it from your bones, your joints, your ligaments? Plantar fasciitis is inflammation. So any type of itis yeah. is inflammation happening in certain parts of the body. Yeah. Um, so plantar fasciitis is inflammation in the feet, bronchitis, inflammation in the lungs. Um, and so we want to consume something that is alkaline, but we don't want to, we don't want it to be chemically changed. Right. pH stands for potential hydrogen. I'm telling you right now, a lot of bottled waters and stuff out there. They, there's not hydrogen in those, and they're using 
um, sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda. They're using calcium chloride, which is this, another type of salt. Um, they're using rock salts to de-ice the roads and things like that. That's what they're using to give it the nine pH right. of water, but it's not actually the right alkalinity. Yeah, and people will see maybe if you start watching people in the water world, they'll do part of the test is just it's gimmicky, but it is accurate where the, if you open a bottle of something that's like pH 9.5, you buy from the store, and then you have uh, the water that comes out of our ionizers, you can literally just blow mm -hmm. into a straw like carbon dioxide, right? So you're working on actively giving acidification and oxygen into it. So you're actually, and the ones that are chemically changed, you can watch the color of the pH drop. Like that is very rapidly changed, whereas ours is electrically changed and does not change with the addition. Okay. Yeah, so it's the, it's whether there is actual molecular hydrogen or concentration of OH molecule. So we're working at the basic, the actual hydrogen scale when we talk about ionization, opposed to kind of what people think and just like adding electrolytes in right? Half the time when I talk about electrolyzed water, like when we go to a festival, that's what it is. People are like, oh, electrolytes. And I was like, nope, not quite. Yes, because it has minerals in it, right? Because our filter keeps minerals. So it has the electrolytes in it. But uh, the term electrolyzed basically just means uh, the water molecule split apart by running it through electricity and literally the disassociation of water. H2O, that literally gets blown or vibrated apart think like mini lightning strike there's enough energy there where it blows the molecule apart and then it gets sorted from there it's a, such a weird science yeah i agree um and so i normally the story that i tell is, is very similar to like anyone who's played pool yeah like when we break that when we start and break the game that's what we're doing to the water we're giving it that shock and it happens in nature so don't a lot of people are just like oh my gosh that, that's scientifically, that's not right, that you're making a science-made water. No, this happens anytime when water is at the bottom of a waterfall. Yep. It happens when lightning strikes a lake. Yep. Um, it happens through that process. Um, and so it's not, it's happening out in nature. You just get, we just can't get to it where we are. And there's places right. around the globe that have this water that is naturally alkaline. Yeah, there was at least seven when I first started looking at it. There was a good graphic and it was, where the scientists noticed that people were flocking to and most of the there are a lot of them had holy sites built over them because there was healing power there and the most common one is lords france i think they shut it down during during covid but it was uh, that that was the easiest to get to yeah and, probably was trying to swim in it <laughs> well people were just flocking there and even and yeah. uh, mecca has it that zamzam water so it's any water that comes up from a volcanic event because this was the other thing i didn't know and i learned and most people are like there is no new water and you're like there's a there's new water literally all the time it's called primary water you can see it happen if you have access to like i don't know if you can see it in yellowstone but there are some places that you can literally see it coming up from a volcanic vent deep deep underground and you can see the new water bubbling so hydrogen oxygen being smashed together by volcanic fissures and making it up throughout the stream so that is new water and then the opposing side is the disassociation of water where it gets blown apart mm -hmm. and then less molecules leave it's such a weird thing <laughs> to learn because you're taught that the water cycle it's kind of like energy you're like energy can't be created or destroyed and they're like water it's all the same and you're like nope 
this gets blown apart and and renewed all of the time. So weird. Yes, sir. Uh, and then that third thing that show is actually, uh, some people like to call it different things. I like to call it superior hydration. And this is pretty much, I want to see how, I want to see the surface tension of the water. Yeah. That's a scientific way of looking at it, right? But the way I explain it to my audience is it's, it's essentially the teabag test. I want to see if I give this water, if I pour this water, dump it, take this tea bag, and if I give it four to five dunks, if we're able to make tea, if the water is small enough to pass through that dehydrate tea bag yeah. to pull out the nutrients and actually make tea. Um, there are a few waters that do that, but ultimately, I want the water that we're drinking, you should desire the water that you're drinking, to pass all three, not just one, not just two, but you want all three. Um, so yeah, there's been a few instances where I'm like, oh, wow. All right, cool. It does this one. Unfortunately, it's oxidizing. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's great. That's smaller, but yeah, it's still oxidizing us. It's not really, <laughs> it's not helping us. Right. So, um, yeah. those are the three things I look for when it comes to those, those water tests. That's awesome. That's a great list. Uh, the, the diffusion one is very strange to watch because usually we boil water right? To make tea and your brain kind of hurts. You're like, wait, why does that work? Why do we, why do we boil water to make tea? What happens to water when you heat it, right? The molecules spread out. Same thing happens when you do ionization, right? So this messes with the surface tension and the molecules break apart and they can actually penetrate. It's just the basic fundamental things that we have always done. We're like, why do we do those things? So we're making water molecules spread apart, right? You don't actually have to do that. I mean, some people definitely want warm tea, but it's weird to know that's what's happening, right? And that's why people feel it hit so quickly because it is just a different absorption process, penetration process. Exactly. So if you're someone who is, I don't know, if you're take, if you're working out, which is why yeah. this works great with athletes, if you're already taking creatine and all these supplements, using this water will help it be more bioavailable to the body. Right. If you're taking any type of uh yeah any type of supplements if you're cooking you don't need all that seasoning salt you need just a little bit you need a lot less and this water is going to help bring out that flavor and help spread it to your food more better it's going to taste taste better and actually yeah save you in the long run yeah and it does mess with the actual cooking process right so we have a button specifically for cooking and for beverages and that is messing with the surface tension so a lot of the things that people do in tradition like adding a pinch of salt all of those things mess with the surface tension so it affects how water behaves <laughs> it's just very strange so we can manipulate that uh just in the everyday i think like i definitely take that for granted because when i go over to someone's house and i was like wait Oh, I have to remember what everyone else does because I don't have access to my technology. <laughs> yeah, I have to remember all of the, and there's nothing wrong with old traditional things like adding salt or just the common things. But whenever you have access to a tech that does it for you, definitely tend to uh, let our brain just lax a little bit and have something else do it for us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what would you explain as the, what are your top priorities for, well, actually, could you rank those last three that you just said? So which ones are most important to you? Like if someone, you know, if someone's going to look up a video you made of the water they're drinking, which ones are your highest priority and which ones are like, yeah, you could probably get away with this one. Uh, so my number one is definitely the antioxidant test, yeah. that very first test. If you see any of my videos that I say it all the time, this is the most 
important test out of the three. And it's because it directly affects your aging. Right. It, is, it directly affects your dis-ease, right? Or lack of dis-ease that can happen, right? Um, the second one would probably be, to be honest, uh, I would say the third one, the teabag test. Yeah. Um, I want a water that's actually going to be able to hydrate me at a cellular level. Okay. And then last but not least is the alkalinity. But the cool thing about that is when you get the first one right, it's a byproduct yeah. of the first one that actually happens. So you don't even really got to worry about that. So I know a lot of people, they're just like, oh my gosh, what's the pH of this? What's the pH of that? And I make those videos too, but I also let them know that you don't really, have, that's not the most important thing, especially if it's happening chemically, right? right. That's, definitely, that's definitely not the way you want to go. I am sort of surprised that I haven't found any bottled water yet that is electrolyzed, even if they don't care about the pH, but they're Molecular hydrogen is the byproduct of, of ionization and electrolysis. So that's the antioxidant component that we're talking about. But I'm surprised that there aren't any bottled water companies that I've come across that are even trying to bottle, uh, to bottle electrolytes. They are? Kind of. So being someone who tests a different water every week, yeah. um, people challenge me. They're always like, yeah, hey, I will try this one, right? So I had different companies actually reach out and get me oh, to cool. um, test their waters. So... I've tested just about every kind. Hydrogen water is what's hot right now. Right. Um, so the cool thing about that is it does show a negative ORP for the antioxidant test. Um, but then the water that they're using to maintain that and keep it stabilized right. is a reverse osmosis. It's a distilled, um, it's something like that. So it ends up not doing the T-test. The water is bloated. Right. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't go down well. And then it's acidic. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's people who go very heavy on alkalinity. So I think that one is called, um, I think it was called 10 water, 10 pH water. Yeah. There's some that are like 10 plus. And yeah, I was like, I wonder what these are scoring. Yeah. Um, and then I got people right now who are asking me to test hydrogen bottles, like H2 bottles. I'm getting blasted with ads for all of the new <laughs> hydrogen bottles and they have the fancy LED and you can see the bubbles coming up yep. and I will message them and be like, okay, I know what tech you guys are using. What water are you using? And most people are pouring bottled water into this. And I was like, this isn't doing anything. <laughs> yeah. So two things with that. Yeah. One, it does depend on the quality of the water that you have. But second is, well, three things actually. The plate that yeah, they're using. That even scares me. You want to ensure that it is medical grade, not just something we randomly that a mix of alloys put together. So what ends up happening is those start to rust, they get bad and people start to get sick. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. And then the other thing is when we actually split the water, the acidic stuff goes away and you're drinking the alkaline. Right. When you're doing it in that bottle, you're they're both saying it like where how do you get rid of the acidic? So I think they're using a combination of solid polymer electrolysis and uh, there's another tech. It's not basic electrolysis. So they're creating hydrogen <laughs> in a slightly different way without creating a different stream, but there's still a waste, right? You're still yep. generating electrons. So I don't know where that's going. And that's the concerning part. The medical grade is 100% is the most concerning for me too because that's why most people who end up with our ionizers end up with our ionizers because they're the only ones that have the medical grade plates. There might be one other one in the US, um, but it's the risk of corrosion whenever you're trying to improve your health, 
right? Mm -hmm. Why would you even bother with the potential risk of corrosion and giving yourself like metal poisoning? That just, it doesn't make sense to me, but I don't think people want to go that far down. There's too much information, right? If you're even playing around with electrolysis, just there's a lot of new data that you're taking in and you don't want to have to go to the bottom of like metal corrosion from what happens <laughs> 10 years that. down the road. Yeah. What happens if I don't maintain this thing 10 years down the road, right? That's why the warranties usually cap out somewhere at three to five years because companies are like, we have no idea how these people are going to use these and we're not using medical grades. So we are not responsible for anything after like three years. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. do you even make clean that as well? Like how do you right. go about maintaining and keeping it clean? Because even if it did do electrolysis the right way, yeah. calcium is going to build up on those plates. So either it's not going to work as well as it was. It's going to either rust or, yeah, it's essentially not going to do anything. You're just going to be, which I've seen, I've jumped in different groups, Facebook yeah. groups, and people get there and they're like, hey, I don't see the bubbles. Where, right. where, what's going on, right? <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Well, when you learn how molecular hydrogen to neutral hydrogen atoms attached is created, you're like, oh, this is more complex than just like, you'll see the... I get a kick out of all the YouTube videos of people just like bashing electrolysis and ionization. They're like, just stick an anode cathode and water and that's electrolysis. And all these fancy machines are just doing that. And you're like, yeah, not quite. So it's right. You're going to get higher molecular hydrogen content, higher antioxidant content with more minerals in the water. So the ideal, like I, I went from city water in Asheville, which is pretty mineral depleted. And I had to add extra calcium, the mineral additive calcium lactate to get my ORP, so the antioxidant potential, anywhere around like even negative 250 to negative 500. Now I'm on a well, plenty of minerals, and it's up at negative 850. Wow. After that's I clean awesome. it, just from the source water, right? So when people are like, what's the best water? You're like, it's not a one thing. Like it depends what you're starting with, right? So yeah. there is a more ideal scenario, which is you always want the minerals there, but there's so many nuances to water and people are usually overwhelmed enough just thinking about nutrition and like clean eating. And then you're like, now think about your water. So that's why we're here is there has already been so much. Well, that's why we're pointing out the NSF and easy ways for you to go look it up and just to not have to look at marketing garbage, right? <laughs> I know that it's marketing, know right. that you're being marketed too. And it's really right. tough. But the sooner we realize that the world that we're living in, like most of it is blasted at you, but you got to look at the facts. And that's the main thing. You got to get away from that and look at the facts. So I wouldn't even, I mean, I tell my audience all the time, don't trust me, go look it up, look yeah. and see. Like, because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sharing with you too, this could be looked at as a form of advertising or marketing, but you just have to go look up and see for yourself. So yeah. um, if you see something different, then I'm just here to support along this journey right so the thing i so appreciate about you is just your wealth of resources like we're in a uh, a massive water group a water nerd group and they're like we we're describing if someone's listening to this and they're just starting to tiptoe into the water world there is so much right so it's taken me a year just to wrap my head around everything and begin to organize anything and now i'm building out courses but you've already done a whole lot of the organizational research around like amateur plumbing and basically putting right water comes with plumbing so how do you actually do this like getting over the hurdles of 
that hit people, the barriers to actually getting clean water, like how to actually install it in your house or considerations or maintain it, all the things that no one really wants to think about, which is why they buy water, bottled water, probably. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate all your resources. What do you think was the most impactful in your journey, learning and organizing everything? Like what would, if someone was going to start someplace in, they understand that water, that their tap water may be not the best and they see the stuff in their water from tap water report. What's the most important thing you think of sort of getting a baseline for clean water or for health? <laughs> That's a tough question. That's yeah. <laughs> Man, because I thought you were going a different way with it. <laughs> um, let me see. So the main thing is, I would say to connect with us. That's the first thing is to get to start asking questions like, hey, why is this in my tap water? Um, and what can I do to remove it? Um, I, we kind of shared a lot of the resources yeah. um, before of EWG.org. We shared the NSF. Um, and to get around communities who are thinking about this stuff, not necessarily trying to sell you on a specific thing, but are there to really genuinely answer your question. Um, and then from there, you can kind of go with that trust. As far as how to go about making the changes, you just have to take bold action. Um, for me, that's what I did. Like <laughs> the reason why I know all these things was because I just made a ton of mistakes. I had a house. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was the one, it was under my name. So I learned how to do all these different configurations. Um, and even part of the demos I was doing before I stuck to doing them at home, I went to other people's houses and I found out, oh, this is what they have. Darn it, how do I set this up? How do I make this work, right? And it's literally happening in real time. And there's times where I had to set things up on someone's water hose, like outside. There's times where I had to get creative and connect it to their bathroom and just other just other things like that. And then after that happens, it's, okay, cool. What did I learn? And what can I do to improve this process yeah. next time? That's what happened. If you don't do that part, because it's going to be crazy, it's going to be wild. Um, but if you don't do that part, you're not going to get better. You're not going to learn. Um, and then the client sees that you're human, right? Yeah. They see that. And they also see that you're still, despite whatever challenge you're going through, that you're still there to help serve them, that mm -hmm. you're still looking at the answer. And people just really want to work with people that they ultimately know, like, and trust. Yeah, perfectly said. Um, we're coming up on on time and I want to be respectful of your time. Was there anything that part of your story that we didn't cover or anything big about the water world that that you want to focus a little more attention on? Uh, so I know that there's different layers to this. There's yeah. levels, with, as with everything. Um, but I'm going to share with you that your body is 70 to 75% water. Yeah. So if we address that, we have a better chance of addressing 70 to 75% of the challenges that we're dealing with when it comes to our health, all right? And there are levels to this. So if you end up um, seeing what Alex has or see what I have, mm -hmm. and you maybe can't get the ionizer and the filter, then just start where you can, right? So um, start with the filter. And I have plenty of people who start with just getting filtered water. They wait a little bit of time, and then they upgrade to having the ionizer with it. Um, don't feel that you have to get everything at once. Do not let that be the reason why you don't start making changes towards your health. The average family spends $1,800 a year on bottled water. And this is going to save you money, <laughs> um, save you time, help the environment, and then improve your health to where you can start moving up not only in just your water, 
but your mental aspect, physical aspect, social aspect, spiritual aspect, and it can help all the way around. So um, I would say those are the main things. If you have questions or concerns, please reach out to one of us. There's tons of books on this. Oh yeah. Go into right now, but if you just want to read or learn or or gather that knowledge, um, we're both here for you. And where can people follow or learn from you? What are your what are your handles? Uh, so my YouTube channel is Apprentice Demand. Um, we'll probably type that out somewhere. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I'm slowly building an Instagram, but my primary place is YouTube right now is Apprentice mm-hmm. Demand, and then my website. I have a personal website. So if you're interested in learning about the waters, I have a masterclass that is the homepage. Um, it's at LaprentisDemond.com. Perfect, simple, easy to go. Um, I really appreciate that that download. It's always nice chatting with a fellow water nerd <laughs> and learning your story. That was huge. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to share that because I got it for farming reasons and then the health came later. I am always inspired by the people who get it and their huge health problems go away so quickly, right? I mean, nothing moves that quickly with like four days to a week is ridiculous. So Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, I'm going to have you back on so we can nerd out some more. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It was a pleasure chat with you, Alex. Thank you so much. Is I'm so grateful that you uh, brought me on this uh, podcast. And I look forward to chat with you some more. Likewise. See ya. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast, everyone. I always learn something when I talk to Laprentis. We dropped a ton of resources in there. So I'll put all of the different websites and how you can test your water and what Laprentis looks for when he does his tests, as well as his full library of video tests, as well as my own and the Appalachian Water Collectives, all below this for the central point. If you just want to start somewhere with your water, you can either visit AppalachianWaterCollective.com, which will be below, and then we have tons of resources on hydrogen water, what to look for, again, what to look for for filtration and NSF certifications. And Laprentis has his full video library on YouTube. Everything will be in the show notes. Please let us know if we can be any help. Wherever you are in the world, clean water is the foundation of your health.